0: So welcome to Mums on Cloud 9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support women to develop flexible, well-paid, successful careers in the tech sector. Our aim is to share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women around the world who've managed to carve out a flexible, well-paid career in the tech sector. In today's session, we're talking about exploring your potential and what it takes to start a tech business as a female entrepreneur especially if your background isn't in tech. I'm delighted to be joined by Vic Pepiak, co-founder and CEO of Frazy, a marketing technology company that empowers brands with AI powered copywriting to boost marketing performance and revenue. Vic has successfully built two businesses and today she would love to share some advice with the next generation of female entrepreneurs about her journey and how she juggles kids and life. It's certainly um, an area of development. We need more women to set up tech businesses um, because they are really in short supply. So I'd love to inspire more women like you today to think about starting your own business off the back of the talk today. So, Vic, welcome to the show. It's great to have you join me and to share your experience of building a tech business. It'd be great if you could just share a little bit about your business and your expertise
1: and what you do and who for. Brilliant. Hi, Heather, and hi, everyone. I'm delighted to be invited on to uh, this podcast today. Uh, so, yeah, I am the co founder and the CEO of Frazy, um, and I'm proud to say that we've developed the most advanced AI power copywriter in the world. Um, and Frazy's actually been going for four and a half nearly five years. Uh, we're London headquartered and we now have uh, almost 50 strong global team across the UK and US. Um, Our vision since we started was to uh, empower brands with AI powered uh, copywriting, things such as subject lines, headline copies within an email, uh, body copy call to actions or uh, face Facebook advertising, push notifications, SMS, basically any short form um, copy that can be optimised. And our goal is to basically increase engagement by um, the AI learning how best to communicate with a brand's audience. Um, You'd have probably, to to put it into perspective, you'd have probably experienced our technology without even realising. So, if you receive any sort of digital marketing from brands such as ebay Domino's, groupon hilton hotels virgin holidays basically m- the majority of the world's leading brands you will have actually experienced phrases ai powered copywriting without even knowing it because it generates this optimized marketing language that sounds like it comes from a an actual person within that, that company's um, marketing team um and yeah, we're going into the, our fifth year of business and things are going really, really, really well. Really
0: interesting. So with AI powered copywriting, for those of us who aren't in that world specifically, how, how does it work? Is it analysing what people are talking about um, and what people are already saying and then creating similar lines? Like what does that what does it mean in practice?
1: Okay. That's a great question. Yeah. So it's not analyzing anything like that. What we do is we actually build these bespoke language models on a brand to brand basis nice. and we're able to build them. So for instance, let, let's think about um, eBay or Domino's Pizza. So mm. um, what they'll do is they'll log into Frazy, uh, which is a SaaS platform. And it's almost like briefing a copywriter. So they'll go, nice. okay, I'm sending out a ca- email campaign tomorrow. And they'll give all the all the details around that campaign. So they'll say, okay, it's a uh, two for Tuesdays, and the, uh, you can get two pizzas for twenty pounds, and it's a promotion on these ones. And so it's a bit like, yeah, briefing your own personal copywriter within your team. Right. And then we have what we call suitably named the magic button. Mm. And when a client then hits that button, uh, Phrases natural language generation then generates uh, optimized language that looks and sounds like it's been written within that marketing department and it fits that campaign that it's been briefed for and what we're then doing um is testing that language out on an audio uh, customer's database mm-hmm. and we're testing different types of language variants and it's the results of those split tests that we call it, where we test that different language, the results of that, that get fed back into the deep learning engine. And and that's the really clever part. So that's where then Brady is learning based on engagement metrics, how best to communicate with a brand audience.
0: Fascinating. So it's, it's replacing a normal copywriter, is it? In that sense? Is it your kind of... You well, know, not really. For you? No?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it... it, it in, in some ways, I suppose the answer would be yes, but the majority of it is no. The reason being is we are not looking to replace long-form copy. This is very, very specific. Mm-hmm. This is about online marketing copy where you're, you've got a short amount um, of language to get the highest level of engagement so that we can get, um, engage with your customers so that they interact and then click through to read the long-form copy. And it's really important. We are not coming to replace copywriters for that long-form copy. What we're coming to do is aid them to get that long-form copy seen. In fact, we we recently did a fantastic webinar with um, one of the creative directors at eBay, who we've been working with for now, like three and a half years. Mm. And she had a brilliant analogy of Frazee, and where she said, you know, Frazee is to copywriters, what photoshop, is to designers and it should be seen as this tool to aid copywriters mm. not to replace them
0: interesting fascinating so how on earth did you come up with this idea like what made you sort of think okay this is the way to go or get involved in setting up phrasy
1: mm. so, so previous to Frazy, i actually ran a creative agency for 11 years with my husband mm-hmm. um and we had a brilliant time and we had some brilliant clients we were called the pink group and we focused on sort of design and branding um for a lot of london companies and a few global companies as well and um it was actually one of my clients at the time he's ended up being one of my co-founders carrie mom and he came to me one day and said vick i've got this idea and he said, at this point, he was working for an email service provider, what we call an ESP. Yeah. And he said, so many of my clients spend thousands of pounds and days or weeks of the, each month um, writing the content of an email, designing it, building it, making sure it's responsive. And so much time goes into the actual development of that email. And so little time goes into the email subject line, but actually if the email doesn't get opened in the first place, what's the point in spending all of it. that time? Yeah, absolutely. And develop? Yeah, exactly. And often the email subject line is like an afterthought. People will suddenly go, okay, what should we do with the email subject line? Mm. And so as his um, role within this EST, his number one question by all his customers was, Parry, what's the perfect email subject line? And the fact is, there is no such thing. Everyone wants to go, okay, you need to have, it should be 65 characters long. There should be an emoji at the front. You should always include <laughs> a discount and free shipping. And yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the fact is, humans don't respond to language like that. If there was the perfect um, email subject line, then every, every brand in the world would use it and it would, you would, you wouldn't be able to stand out. So, it was actually him and um, our third co-founder, Dr. Neil Yeager. They, they actually studied computer science um, in Vancouver together. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were friends there. And Perry came up with this idea. Neil said, um, I can build that. I'm an expert in this. And then they both came to me and said, we've got this idea of it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Um, we need some help running a business. Neither of us have got any idea what to do um and and they pitched it to me and I was like wow this is amazing and there's no one else doing this and the, and, and the fact is there isn't like this what we do is truly unique um, in the fact that it's 100% SAS mm-hmm. and and that's why in such a short time we've, we're working with the world's biggest brand so that's yeah amazing. and that's how crazy was, was founded so mm-hmm. they brought me on board and um at that point I was still running my creative agency and I did both, um, I ran both companies side by side in the same office for the first year. Mm-hmm. And then we signed um, one of our amazing clients, eBay. And, um, yeah, and, and, and things just escalated and, and skyrocketed from there. Awesome.
0: And is it, um, you know, are your is your client base big corporates like eBay as well as smaller companies, you know, if, if it's a platform? Or is it, you know, you're targeting bigger brands at the moment?
1: Yeah, we... We mainly work with global enterprise clients. The reason being is it's it, uh, an enterprise product. We also need really large, in order for the, to feed the deep learning en- engine, we need large databases because then we need to be able to split test and then deploy the winning language on the remainder of the database. So um, it just happens to be that, that those large databases fall with large global enterprise brands
0: absolutely great and that obviously helps you scare your business as you get in the big contracts doesn't it as well um kind of helps give more traction yeah so how did you um you know did you have to secure investment to grow the company you know did you feel a bit daunted about getting into a tech business when you hadn't got that experience before
1: the first year of business i've got to be honest it was it was all pretty daunting because um it's pretty unusual to end up being a co-founder of a tech business given that my limited experience in that space, and um, you know, I wasn't an expert within AI um, or or the email industry. Um, but where I did have a lot of skill set, where um, you know, Parry and Neil were missing those skills, mm. was the sort of softer side and the the, the business side and I had set up a of company, and I was able to put on many hats. I knew. All the processes and what was required to actually get a business up and running, um, and I suppose, given my previous experience, my skills, and um, having run an agency with clients and people, and just like the operational um, processes and procedures, they were 100% transferable over to Crazy. Um, and I think I think what's really important with with um, things like this, if you're thinking of sourcing. A business and, and going for it alone and, and really bringing an idea you have to life and turning it into something is is ensuring that if you're going to do it, find a co-founder. I mean, in, in my case, I was really, really lucky. I've got two. But what's amazing about the three of us and the way that we work together is that we've got really, really complementary skills mm. um, that that just accentuate and fill the gaps where everyone, each one of us has a slight hole. So Although I I didn't necessarily have the the skills in email, Parry was an expert in that, you know, Neil was an expert in AI. Um, but I had all the business and day-to-day skills about contracts and accounting and how to set up a business and how to look after those clients. And so the three of us together sort of formed this this brilliant partnership. Um, and it was then when we realized that actually we've got something here. We we started to get traction really, really early on. And um, what's brilliant about Phrasee is it's n- there are no smoke and mirrors. It's very, very black and white. And um, this is something really important to, to consider when you're looking at any, any form of artificial intelligence is that everything we do is always measured against a human control. So this is what would that team or that person normally have done and what results would they have gotten had they not been using Frazy? Right. and so we've always got this clear uplift and that's how we're constantly measuring the uplift that we get and the phrase he gets against the human control mm, so when we started and we launched back in february 2015 you know we were getting traction but we were getting results it's, it's no sort of guessing or guesstimates about the results you could clearly see wow this optimized language is really outperforming what we would normally be doing um, and that has a knock-on effect Throughout the whole funnel, so we're really big on brand. So we're we're big on building these um, language models on a brand brand basis that sound like the brand um, and communicate like someone would in their marketing department. So we're not about uh, writing or creating spammy, tricky language mm. that can get you a sudden spike in engagement, but actually it doesn't correlate to more clicks and more conversions. Fundamentally, crazy there to make you more revenue down the funnel Um, and so when we when we launched we started picking up the traction we Mm -hmm. realized that actually we could grow this into into quite an amazing business if we were able to get some investment on board and Mm so it was basically harry and myself um who who went on the investment train and search should we say Um, and yeah, we were really, really lucky in that. Um, I mean, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was much easier the fact that there were two of us doing it so that we could support each other and and, and bounce off each other whilst pitching to potential investors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've, we've actually now, and it, we, we closed um, about a year and a half ago, we closed off our last round of funding, which was a Series A. We've done three rounds to date. We did an angel um a seed round and a series A.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And I think that's um, you know, I'd love to sort of dive into that a little bit more. Some tips later on in the the interview. Because I think, you know, it's you know, you're surrounded by technology every day. And I think as women, particularly, you know, we kind of, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could do this or that? And I think it's like, you know, it feels like, well I couldn't do that. I don't know tech, you know, and I how would I get investment to do it? And I think You know, yeah. You've been obviously lucky that you had, you know, somebody came up to you and you've got those networks of people that you trust and know in in technology. Because I think that's, you know, from other people I've talked to, they've gone and found somebody who's then been the technical person, and that's worked in some cases absolutely brilliantly. In others, it's obviously harder because they, you know, they might have a bit of a a business divorce or something goes a little bit wrong. So it's certainly, um, you know, it's an interesting journey to go on and and to get the investment. And it, you know, it's it's obviously really fantastic that you've had the results that you've seen and, and been able to grow the business up to 50 staff so just talk to me a little bit about how you've grown the company and how you've created a culture um within that company now what does it look and feel like as a company
1: oh this is a great question so this is this is the part that I'm really really passionate about because um it, it's really beyond the technology and our incredible growth that it, it for me it's all about culture and, team and I'm really really proud of what we we built at Frazy. I mean to be a technology company and 61% of our team are female is really really unusual and um, and I think That's fantastic. Both Harry Neal and myself yeah, are really committed to empowering like the next generation of entrepreneurs whether that be male or female but just supporting people. I would say I'd say our team are very entrepreneurial in everything they do. We we've got an ex- team at the moment mm-hmm. who are really really bright really engaged passionate about what they're doing and um, passionate about crazy and the results that we get and the, and the clients that we work with um, and I think you know from our perspective it's really important to lead by example and show them what's in, in what's possible and um, as a business I, I want to make sure that when not known just for what we do but the way we work and and driving an open inclusive culture is really important to me I mean I, I'd say yeah I'm very loud and proud some might say I'm a little bit too loud <laughs> we have a problem with the uh, the uh, the office thickness in our meeting room of the thickness <laughs> of the walls because I'm <laughs> I'm heard from three walls away most of the time um <laughs> But I'm, I'm really passionate about what I do and the business and about the team. And, you know, I, I, I stand up for what I believe in. And I like to, to think I channel my energy, not just to ensuring like our customers are happy and getting great results, mm. but ensuring that we hire the right people and that we work as a unified team and we're on always honest and open with each other. And everyone's got their backs rather than a sort of nasty blaming culture. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's something that we're really, really working hard on. I've got a great EP of people as well, and you know, um, whilst the majority of our office is located in like the UK and North America, the team is actually built globally. I mean, we've got people from all over the world, so not only the UK, but the U- um, UK, but USA, Lithuania, Canada, India. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important to have a, a real mixture um uh of, of cultures and people yeah mm-hmm. and um, you, but our you... focus is always on finding the right person
0: absolutely so how have you created a team Sorry, spirit yeah. about yeah, you know have you created a team spirit amongst the team where they're all remote and working at different hours and things like how do you create that sort of spirit in the company particularly that you're not huge right now you're still obviously relatively small so yeah how do you support that yeah this is this is probably
1: the one topic that's discussed the most in our office (laughs) about comms and communications between teams and also communications coming down from, from top you know I think it's really really important that we have an open door policy and we keep communications about everything open from from founder level downwards. Mm. Um, we do things like, I mean, we have what we call Crazy Friday. So, everything, <laughs> everything is <laughs> like crazy, crazy Friday, or, right? you learn know, that begins with an S. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess exactly. But everything's felt with a ph So, yeah, last Friday of every month, we finish work, we like, um, down towards early, and Parry Neil and I will give an update on the business. We'll do, we'll have a um a catch-up and we'll share with all the great successes and everything that's been happening in the past months, and then also looking forward as to where we are, where our goals are. You know, we have us, uh, uh, an Oscar founder, anything. So, you know, anyone can ask us anything at any time. We have what we call recognition, which is pay it forwards, again, with a PH, uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, the team are encouraged to to highlight um, the great teamwork and camaraderie from from their fellow colleagues where they've gone above and beyond every month on on projects so we we really really try and highlight that sort of engagement and i think we you know most pretty much every team has a stand up every day and it's done so that the whole team even if we've got remote workers can join it and they'll be in on video calls so that you've always got that um face time even if it's remotely uh, and I, I think it's just things like that all of those things and making sure that from a communication spe- perspective that it's really really on point and everyone's sharing and there aren't just little cliques happening here and there without people knowing what's really happening in the, and what's going on for the big picture.
0: Yeah no I love that they're really great ideas and um, how do you bring everybody together you know video conferences absolutely is there rather sort of techie tools that you use to kind of encourage conversations and collaboration as well amongst the team
1: yeah so we've got loads of different technologies that are implemented so we use uh, microsoft teams for everything so every department has one but then we also okay. have a company-wide chat so everything gets chatted and discussed on that um you know, we use Trello to monitor everything. The dev team will use their um, own tools as well. So, yeah, it's all of those individual one um, technologies that bring it all together as well as day-to-day comms
0: yeah fantastic so yeah it's really interesting like you say it's, it's always a one of those it's a conversation that's ongoing and absolutely you constantly want to look at well how do you support the team how do you bring them together and excite them and I think you know my journey now where we've got 30 across you know the team as well it's kind of you know we're constantly evolving and we've got that geographical spread like you yeah and, you know having people in the states or like other parts of the country like it's time zones and I think the, the thing that I'm feeling about you know that you know you've got to, got to juggle things between evening and daytime so i'd be just interested to kind of your, get your <laughs> perspective about how you know you juggle things you know running a business that i clearly hear you're passionate about and you're excited about which is fantastic you know how do you juggle that with having kids and you know having a life outside
1: of work oh i'd, I'd love to say that i've got the magic answer for this <laughs> Are we all in nobody can give it? me that magic answer <laughs> like why not <laughs> it's It's hard it's hard isn't it I mean you know even the last question about keeping comms and you're totally right as you grow you you sometimes don't realize until you get somewhere and you go gosh well this isn't quite working now you know there's no point in us having a stand-up when three of the team can't can't manage it at 10 a.m we'll have to move it to 3 p.m yeah yeah so you sort of just juggle I'm 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 a big believer in, in uh, you have to be really, really organised. I mean, that's a fact. You you will know this. I've, I've got two kids; they're amazing, <laughs> Max ten, Marnie five. Um, but you know, it's hard, and trying to do everything, including uh, dropping the kids off at school, and trying to get there for the concert and parents' evening. And you know, th- there are some things that you just can't do, like you know, and you have to you have to go okay this isn't something that I can do. Like I can't do a daily pickup at half past three. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think if you're able to prioritize and go, okay, these are the things that are really, really important. Um, And you're able to also surround, I've got to be honest, I have got the most amazing husband in the world. And he is just <laughs> phenomenal. And I, it, <laughs> 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 um, you know without him it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be possible I, I i've got to be honest you know it wouldn't be possible it's a it's a conversation that i often have you know we having run an agency together where we were both we both owned it we both ran it together um and we were equals. you know the fact is as crazy launched and we saw, wow, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be a life change. I mean, this is an amazing business. And it really starts to pick up traction. Mm. And it was clear, you know, we had to have quite a an honest, frank conversation going, okay, listen, we've loved running this creative agency together for eleven years, but we can't carry on doing both side by side. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't think I can run another business whilst you're launching that. What we need to do is we're going to support you, and I am here to help you um, really go for it with crazy and and that was a joint decision that we made mm-hmm. um, and we were really lucky because because of the eleven years of, of clients and um, you know recognition that that he had as a creative director actually when we wound the business down and he went freelance he could actually cream off the really really nice customers and clients that he'd been working with for years and so he works as a freelancer but he he bases all his work around like what's required with the kids and my traveling because I also do a lot of traveling to the U.S. you do as well don't you and, you and it's hard in
0: the U.S. And yes. one yeah. visit a year I'm thinking <laughs> i'm hoping we've got we've got local ambassadors over in the states who are you know they're kind of stepping up to kind of attend events and things like that so it's kind of like building your army isn't it it's like we can't do it all so job sharing it's called job
1: sharing (laughs) i wish mine was once a year no i think at the moment i'm about you know i'm about i'm about a week a month at the moment and i try to do it uh you know it's a small thing. I try to do it on a leave on a Monday. you know I might fly to New York and I might fly to Atlanta and I might fly to San Francisco and then try and come back for the Friday so I'm at home you know with the kids but um its it's really hard, and I think you need you need to you need to find your network you've got to have a supportive partner uh, i i wouldn't be able to do it without Spencer um and I think as well something that we've developed. <clears throat> particularly over the past year is the sort of open culture at phrase as well so we've now got a working from home policy we've got way more flexibility you know as the team has grown I'm I'm not so vital and crucial to be at every event we've got you know more more of a team that can step in and I think it 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 really just getting that understanding isn't it and and try not to be too hard on yourself I mean gosh if you start to think down one one way or the other you could end up beating yourself up about both and you end up going oh god I'm doing a crap job at work and I'm a crap mother and you know you've got to go right these are my priorities and I'm going to stick to them and providing I can I can do that then I'm I'm trying to get a happy balance unfortunately there's no magic solution
0: (laughs) (laughs) no and I think it's it's finding you know it's 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 making a choice, isn't it? And deciding on which way you want to go. I mean, I could certainly be in the States, you know, doing more business development and doing more things. I'm sure our business would, you know, grow quicker if I did have, you know, I was over there more, I guess it's my choice that I'm not. And we're kind of working through having a, you know, we've got a virtual team over there and, you know, using, you know, the contacts we've got and and doing more conversations virtually. You know, I think it's around your choice of growth and, you know, your rate of what particularly when you've got investment there's more pressure on you right because you've got more expectations as yes. well of, of people um and I think that you know it's always those things that to consider like if you're going for investment you know you're going to have a, a growth plan and I'll reflect back a little bit now actually because um on, on practice of that but I got investment in um the consultancy business that I've got now back when i just had my first child after well she was about two when i got the investment and then um you know we we, we'd grown but i ended up having a a baby in my second year of the business growth so we hadn't hit targets because that wasn't in my business plan It was, you know, it just happened, happened. So when I went back and said, "Well, look, we could," yeah, but it's also thing. called life. I know exactly. But when I went back and said, "Well, could we have the yeah. end, you know the second stage of investment?" They were like, "Oh, we well, didn't hit your targets." And I was like, "Well, you know what? I did have a baby. <laughs> it wasn't part of that." So it's interesting, kind of like who you <laughs> please. you are like, "Well, you know, I can't do everything." And yes, I didn't hit my targets because that wasn't part. I, of
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think that's that's really worth considering. Actually, if you're if you're starting your own business and you're thinking about going down the investment route, you know it's it's a lot of added pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is, and and the more you take on. The more people are involved, the more investors you've got to keep happy, you know, and everyone's expecting X, Y, Z, and that puts pressure on as well. So, you know, just think carefully. I think it's it it it's really it it does change the dimension. Yeah, whilst it's brilliant and it's been phenomenal for our growth, it really does change expectations um, and and some of the things that might be required of you. That actually, if you didn't have investment, you go actually, I'm gonna not be quite so aggressive in that and I might slow it down Mm.
0: yeah
1: I'm just going to flip that though and look at it
0: from a sunny side for a moment because I think you know what you've Mm. created and I can see why you and your husband decided that this was a good option and I think you know other women in this position or men or whoever's considering a a product-based business in the tech industry is that's where people want to invest Mm. and what it gives you is a you know a regular you know, that's not based on per hour. And, you know, I'm in a similar situation that, you know, our consultancy business has always been like, if we work an hour, we get paid an hour. If we don't work, we don't get paid an hour. Right. It's a really hard business. So what you're seeing is a lot of the consultancies developing products built on Salesforce platform, for example, because they want that regular income and that's what people are going to invest in. And actually, you know, that gives you more potential but well, obviously if you continue to grow the business and sell well you know it gives you more security and financial income that is more um reliable if you like than you know if you're ill for a day i can't go out and work for a day you know because you can't deliver on that so
1: mm, if 100 yeah and so yeah.
0: we've got a product-based business that you know like we the real we but you know in our business model at the moment we do have a, a, a a, you know product that we want to develop so if you were advising you know mums like me and, and other women listening to the call um you know or men listening to the call because obviously whoever's listening you know be inspired by this really you know what would your advice be you know in terms of the steps you took
1: you're you're you've hit the nail on the head but basically this is this was a massive discussion my husband and ha- I had having run an agency together because um creative is all built by the hour and if you do a fantastic rebrand that involves a new website brochure you name it Mm. you do it it, it's done they don't need to done again three months later because you've done a fantastic job exactly and so um and it's really it's really hard work that's not to say that when I do it crazy isn't really really hard work but it's just a completely different business model Mm. um and you're right like it's this this um the MRR, so monthly recurring revenue. You know, as you bring on more clients, it just stacks up and stacks up and stacks up. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a completely different business. So if you can find something that does that, you know, and you can, and it's truly unique, mm-hmm. you know, my suggestion would be go for it, get some investment. You know, do your search. Um, you know, the the investment process is really really hard. Um. And my, I think it's, it's tough whether you're male or female. Um, and it, it, if I'm really honest, it, it was probably one of our most challenging parts of the journey when we we initially launched back in February 2015. Mm. Um, but again, because I had um, co-founders that complimented my skills and helped my confidence and, and gave and we each gave each other the courage we needed at times, um, especially when we felt out of our debt, it, it was really, really reassuring. And I think one of the things that I would highly recommend is do your research. I don't feel that there's enough education about the investment process anyway, mm. um, especially when it comes to setting female entrepreneurs up for success because it's very, very male-dominated. Mm. And I think there needs to be a little bit more transparency. I think there's way too much jar- jargon going on um, when when you initially enter the investment process. And there's a little bit of like this sort of mystery it's quite mysterious you're not quite sure you're trying to catch up everyone's talking about all different schemes and and different terminology and and I think that there's a massive gap where a lot of men and women sort of need a guide on the basics about what happens and when you know how to put a really decent pitch deck together what types of investment are there who should you be talking to? How should you how should you present and pitch to potential investors? Mm. Um, so that entrepreneurs and anyone thinking about going into this, can they can go in, go into it feeling prepared and confident. Um, I also think one of the one of the hardest ways to do it is is if you've just got a concept. Like if you can try and so one. I'm going to give you a bit of jargon here. What they call a a minimum viable product, an MVP. If you can get something off the ground yeah. that just shows you can get a bit of traction and you can get a bit of commercial success,
0: mm-hmm.
1: your your fundraising and investment process will be so much easier um, because it it's will give perfect. you the confidence that you're able to translate. Yeah, this idea. Into a solution that actually meets a real ne- need, mm. um, and that could be developed into an actual business. I think trying to raise investment for, for just the concept is, is really, really, really difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, And and just trying to prepare. You know, I think I think uh, I think alongside the investment process, two of the other things that I'm always hopping on about, and I know it gets a bit boring, but um, it's find yourself a mentor yeah it's been invaluable to me like Mm. um when I ran my creative agency I had an awesome mentor who helped me for about four or five years you know and um I've even just recently now um found myself a new mentor you know somebody who has been there and done it somebody that you respect somebody that you can just turn to to go help yeah you know I'm I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed I'm not quite <laughs> what sure what the next steps are yeah because it's hard it's really really hard isn't it you must know this okay? yeah
0: I've invested having someone there that coaches yeah absolutely yeah it's just sounding board yeah but new ideas so and exact- new ways of looking at things
1: absolutely so I yeah I have a coach as well so I have a mentor who um is someone like within my industry who has been there and done it brilliant and totally respect and then I have a coach and then also I'm simultaneously I think to put perspective on what I'm doing is now I've started mentoring so I'm part of a a mentoring scheme um, by an organization called Believe who help like 16 to 21 year olds Um, Mm. you know they've got a pathway to success so it's just young girls who and it might not be Mentoring to start their own business or, or such, it might just be why. What am I going to do with my career? What's my next step in my education? You know, am I going to go to university? So, yeah. um, yeah, mentoring. I'm a big, big advocate. I'm very, very passionate about. And then also, I don't know about about you, and um, Heather, but I'm a big believer of like finding your tribe, like a network that you belong to. Um, you I'm um, whatever you put in with networking and I hate that word networking because it, it's not quite the right terminology but it, um whatever you put into a group or of like-minded people I'm a big believer you get out
0: and Absolutely. I've
1: had a, a couple yeah mm. of organizations that um one called Sister Snog which is which is a, which is oh, a, a funny you. name yeah. I know yeah. but um You've been 15 do you know Sister Snog yeah. oh my god they are
0: so brilliant
1: yeah. Absolutely. so there are what oh, wow. 70, 80 of us are female entrepreneurs yeah. and run by Annie and Heller mm-hmm. phenomenal women and you know you just meet up two or three times a month no one's directly selling to each other but you're surrounding yourself with like minded um, female entrepreneurs who are all about women supporting women and encouraging you um, championing your success and i i just found it invaluable with this result. i really have so i've been i've been a member what says, um, of what um of them for what, nearly nine years now so that's phenomenal wow. and then the other one i'm now since launching yeah really it's really great and the other one then is so i do a business one which is that one and then i do an industry specific group which is uh, women of email mm-hmm. um who, because because the email industry was relatively new to me when I started um, and launched Crazy. Um, they've been great, you know, and I, I get to meet other like-minded women. And there's always a meetup, whether it be like at Salesforce Connections, we had a great get-together. Um, and it's just meeting other like-minded women in your industry. It's uh, just fantastic. So, yeah, yeah those, those are my top tips. No, fantastic. And I think, you know, there's two kind of
0: key benefits of that. One, it's that peer networking, but it's also information sharing and knowledge sharing. And, you know, there's you a know, common question of like, well, how do you exactly. make time to learn? And I'm not very good, to be fair, at you know, sitting down at home and going, right, I've got to make time to learn this. I'm better if I'm going out to an event or workshop and, and learning. And I love sort of connecting with people in that space, too. And, um, yeah, really, really sort of beneficial. And um, it's interesting about the networking also is that's where you could find your potential business partner isn't it because you know getting a prototype together it's like well how do you afford that you know if you if you've not got anybody that knows tech so i know different people have done it different ways so there's a lady that i know um you know she an approached a tech company and then offered them a share in this you know a product if they built it so that was that's one route you could go down That you know a smaller tech company might be up for that investment if they feel that it's got legs and they sort of go in into that proposition with you um or it's it's networking through your contacts mm-hmm. isn't it and and offering them a share that way um or a you know return on the investment if you don't want to give them a company share you can Paying them back at a certain point that the exactly. investment in, I suppose, and it's looking at the different ways to do it because, it, it, you know, it, it's definitely possible, isn't it? But I think that's the barrier for quite a lot of people, because um, I completely get what you're talking about, about getting a minimal viable product, you know, a, a prototype to show people mm. without that. You haven't really got the traction, have you? So it's um yeah it's a good start and um, in terms of your like first step I, I think the other interesting thing is is you know the three-stage funding series you know everybody talked about funding series and the different mm. levels and you know so where did you go to get your seed your very first sort of tranche of money in the end
1: yeah so um so we did uh, what we call angel, an angel round. So we went out to like friends and family and people we knew, um, before, before we went, um, into the next level. And it just so happened that one of our angel investors, um, actually ran a syndicate called Galvanize. Um, and so we've been introduced to a few people. So we bought, you know, and the angel round people might be putting in sort of anything between sort of 10 and 50,000. Um, and you can do it via a a scheme that's called, um, Yeah. So it means that there's tax relief basically for, for those investors. Um, and actually that's how we then got galvanized syndicate involved. Um, and we were, it, what I love about Galvanize is one of their founders is female, so Davina Paul, and she's now on our board, which is great. Mm, um, cause I'm a big believer in a balanced board as well. Like balance is good for business all the way through. You can't just do it at one level, it's got to come from the top. Yeah. Um, and so it was really, we were, we were quite lucky, although we went out far and wide and we, we, we literally I mean Perry and I was it was a bit soul-destroying at times if I'm really honest I basically reached out to every person in my network and said please will you see us please can we come and meet you (laughs) and we went out far and wide and it ended up and it's like soul-destroying for some of these you know especially when you're going to these big investment firms they're like no no, no. And they all like tell you something. Keep going, so keep
0: going. Well, don't they? They all I always I you know, from my experience throughout talking to <laughs> appraisers, they're all telling me different ways that I should do it and different things to present. You're like,
1: Okay <laughs> You're like, What's the different right way? Everyone's everyone everyone's got a different opinion, but they've all got a very strong opinion, we found. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and so yeah, it was it ended up being we we it was by word of mouth, we got connected by a friend of mine um who recommended this uh, syndicate, then one of the angels came on board, then she's like, right, yeah, let's we'll we'll go there. And so and that and then we've just been really lucky like that. It's sort of been a a, a, a knock on effect with people that we've met. And I think that's really important as well. Like, even if you're Not thinking about fundraising now, um, but you're at the early stages of starting a business. Keep all your connections open, like say hello and thank you and keep in touch with everyone um, that approaches you. And always thank people for their time. Um, And because you never know at what point somebody will come back and go. I'm really interested now. Here you go. I'll write you a check.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. uh, going on your timelines, yeah. you were doing a lot of that when your daughter was one, right? Is that right? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you, had, you had a lot on your little. plate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> actually, well, well done. <laughs> it's fantastic to see how yeah. successful you've been. Oh. Um, thank you so much for sharing your journey and inspiring it, me and everybody else listening. I think you know it is. It, it you know it's certainly um being truthful and honest around you know, running a business and developing it and, you know, the 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 opportunities and the excitement around that and everything that you can create as well as, you know, juggling everything. But I think it's, you know, it's about what motivates you and how you balance everything. So um, thank you very much for joining the show. Um, it's been really a pleasure to have you on. And um, we've been chatting away for ages. So there's loads of information in there for everybody. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> no, it's absolutely great. Um, yeah, I, I like to talk, Heather. I'm really sorry. <laughs> we probably... <laughs> (laughs) massively overrun now (laughs) it's absolutely
0: fine I think no it's all really great information and hopefully that's inspired the listeners to think about you know if you've got a business idea think about the steps you could take get out there networking um, you know and keep going because I think it's a case of don't give up right you know like you say you've got to keep on knocking on doors and if you're really into into your idea and passionate about it then you know you can achieve it and it's awesome to see that you've been so so successful after that little journey that you've been on so um thank you very much um i'll say bye for now um tune in to our next show and if you want to get some more tips and thank you very much thank you heather okay thank you
1: take care oh thank you so much heather (laughs) Bye. bye bye